1: You
2: you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been
3: trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show... Please feel free to do so. The phone number here is six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I don't think we have any new callers, so we're just gonna kick it off with Danny Boy.
4: Hey Ryan, Dan from Indy. So in a minute, but uh, Sup, yeah, bro? talking to uh, one of my buddies uh, about his fantasy draft. And he asked me if I had, like, any suggestions to what he did. Okay. And I took a look at it. And uh, on his bench, he had Darnell Mooney. Um, And I took a look at all the free agents and everything. And, um, yeah, Romeo Dobbs was sitting there. Ooh. And Darnell Mooney, at least um, in the league that or the app that they're using, like, he's in 65% of leagues. And Romeo Dobbs is only in, like, was only in, like, 35%. And that just blew my mind. And because he's, like, well, are, are you confident that Romeo Dobbs is going to be a little bit more proactive than uh, Darnell Moni? I'm, like, what? my guy. I mean, I can't be 100% sure, but, like... Uh, Romeo Dunn is gonna be the one of the main possession receivers for George Love, whereas Jornell Mooney is now the second wide receiver behind the worst passer in the football, right? The National Football League. And I'm just, uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny, thought I'd call in and give that, and um, yeah, talk to you later. Bye.
3: Well, I mean, you stole my thunder and said exactly what I was going to say. Romeo Dobbs, especially now with Christian Watson being injured, is the Packers' number one wide receiver. And that doesn't necessarily mean talent. It just means the guy that's going to get the ball the most. He's going to be targeted more than anybody else. Darnell Mooney, as far as I know, is the number three receiver. He's the slot receiver for the Chicago Bears, who is the team that refuses to throw the football. Why would you choose? I mean, this is the first thing I learned playing fantasy football. Talked to a friend of mine. I picked up a bunch of whatever guys with big names, all this stuff. Didn't know what I was doing. Still kind of don't, but whatever. And um, one of the first things he told me, because I had a guy who was a good wide receiver, but he had a crap quarterback. He just told me, don't ever take a wide receiver with a garbage quarterback. Just don't do that. Bad quarterbacks don't throw for a lot of yards. They don't sustain drives. Not a lot of opportunities. And of those opportunities, they capitalize on less of those opportunities. The Packers are going to pass more than the Chicago Bears. Romeo Dobbs is going to take a higher percentage of those passes, a a a higher percentage of a higher number of passes than Darnell Mooney. Am I 100% confident? No, but, but I, everything I'm saying seems painfully obvious up to this point. You could say, well, they're going to spread the ball around in, in Green Bay. Dude, Justin Fields, again, first of all, not going to throw very much. He's going to force feed... DJ Moore, more than anything else. He's going to force-feed DJ Moore. Love is probably going to force-feed Romeo Dobbs. But Fields is going to force-feed DJ Moore. Then they have Claypool. The second guy that's probably going to get forced the ball is Kemet. Then maybe it's between Claypool and Mooney, but I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's based on some of last year's numbers. Romeo hasn't done very much. The assumption is Christian Watson is maybe the only viable weapon on a team that nobody thinks is viable to begin with, but I just think it's the wrong way of looking at things because it's just, again, I think he is going to... I have Romeo Dobbs on my team. I mean, dollar for dollar, I think Romeo Dobbs is a better pick than Christian Watson just based on where they're going. I think Christian Watson is a better wide receiver and all that stuff, but I I don't know that he's we're going to see that fully come to fruition this year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Watson's back next week and it's like just off to the races because we need that. But yeah, that's uh I don't know. I again I haven't been plugged into all this stuff, so I don't know what the thought process is. Maybe there's a big thing that I'm missing, I don't know. But um I I can't it it it's not that easy for me personally to make that case.
5: Brian, what's going on, man? It's Emilio. What's Um Are you in that coma still or coma? Are you up for the ribs yet? I'm I'm not sure on the timing. Anyway, yeah. um I'm doing all right. what was uh I do want to uh, back up Omar on, on Nico and his cat. I love that. His Cat's got to be in his avatar for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was listening to the, uh, was, I think it's the CHGO Bears podcast earlier today. They had Kevin Burkhardt on. <laughs> they were talking about these, uh, the podcasters were basically saying that one of them was saying that if you if the Bears lose again to the Packers for the ninth straight time, that he's gonna drive his car into Lake Michigan.
6: <laughs>
5: had me absolutely dying. But Kevin Burkhart's like, yeah, you know it's kinda tough being uh was it five and uh uh twenty one or five and twenty six against us in the past uh thirty one years so they got a lot of uh work to do but um I mean I'm just itching for the game to start. I uh I had to get a little bit of the other side, but it, it had me laughing a few times during that podcast. Uh, but I appreciate you, man. Uh, can't wait for the game, go pack.
3: Yeah, I just needed to get here. We're, I mean, we're, we're creeping up. We're creeping up. It's it's Friday. Tomorrow we got. Tomorrow I'm going to try to keep busy. We got some work to do here. Um, got college football to keep track of. So I'm I'm going to be. We got to go get some stuff done. Pretty much all day. I got to come back through the podcast, and um, and that's it. I got one more day to get through. That isn't a Packer game. And then we're off and running, man. Then, then there's there's nothing I can do. It's, it's, it's out of my hands at that point. I've done everything I can do <laughs> to help the team, but they are on their own. So I uh, I think Saturday I need to stay up late. Just stay up real late. Play some Warhammer. You know what I mean? Total War, Warhammer 3. Just just freaking dominate that until 1 in the morning. And try to see if I can sleep in until like 9. See if I can do it. I I doubt I'm going to be able to pull that off, but I don't I don't want there to be gaps where I don't have football. I mean, it's going to suck that we don't play until 3, but at least, you know, I can get immersed in the Vikings game, forget about everything else in the world. Oh, man. Not ready, man. I'm not ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm 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 so excited, but I'm so nervous. I got to focus more on on trying to just stay excited. Stay excited. I forgot who it was. He made that kind of point. Something about if you ask premier athletes, gymnasts, whatever, ask them before a competition, are you nervous? They'd say, I'm excited. And essentially, it's the exact same physiology. It's the same things going on in your body. It's just essentially how you perceive it, whether you're anxious or excited. I'm sure that's not entirely right, but there's there's a lot of the same crap. So all those nerves, that's just that's just getting excited. It's just butterflies. That's all it is. It's not nerves. It's butterflies. I'm excited. Like happy butterflies, not like the the nervous butterflies. Shut up! Like going on a roller coaster, you know.
4: Oh, Yo, this is Pizzle uh, Blakestad. Um, hey, I just Bizzle? told Siri to call you from my truck, and apparently she says Packer Net Ryan instead of Packer Net. She's an idiot. That's
3: weird. Yeah. Well,
4: so anyways, let's say uh, let's say uh, Watson and Dobbs do not play Sunday. Okay. Over or under? Does Jordan Love throw for 150 yards? I'm not sure he does. I think we might run for, for that much, but, I mean, you're be slinging at the Reed, Heath, and Wicks. I mean, you got Musgraves, but uh, I don't know if he hits 150. I know the Bears' defense is atrocious, and, I mean, you or me could maybe throw for 150 with Watson and Dobbs, but I don't know. What do you think? Later.
3: Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at Aaron Rodgers last year. He threw for less than 150 yards once. That was against Philly. Um, 159 against Minnesota. I know Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. I know the situations are not exactly equal. I'm just trying to get some frame of reference here. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know how serious the question was to begin with, but I, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Because, you know, even with running, you have to be able to throw and if, if we can't crack 150, I mean, I know Jaden Reed is is new to this, and I know Jordan Love is new to this, and and some of these guys are not super experienced, but between throwing to the running backs, throwing to Musgrave, um, throwing to Jaden Reed, throwing to Malik Heath or or, uh, Samori Touré, I I, I would admit it would be a struggle. Unfortunately, we do have Dobbs back. This is obviously a little bit of an older call. But um, I'm going to be honest, I hate the question. (laughs) I hate that I'm sitting here going... Hmm. I wonder if we could possibly crack the most simplistic thing ever. I mean, look. I I don't know any of this because I don't I don't know what Jordan Love can do. I don't know what Jaden Reed can do. I don't know what Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson can do. I don't know anything. So it's possible that this is just a freaking disaster. And you know, because I was sitting here thinking, like, man, this maybe this is a, a question of depth. But we don't know if it's a question of depth because we might have depth. We might just have a couple of good guys, but no depth. We might not have any good guys. So I I guess I'll default back to, we're getting way outside of your question, but I'll default back to what I said initially. This year, as much as we want it to be a great success, is mostly a fact-finding mission. We need to know what we have in Jordan Love. We need to know what we have in our wide receivers. We need to know what we have in our tight ends. We need to know what we have in our offensive line. We need to know what we have in our defensive line. Um... What else? We, we I guess we need to know what we have in our safeties or more like do we have anyone that we even want. There's a lot, you know, we need to know we have an A.J. Dillon. Um, th- there's the majority of this squad, right? I mean, edge rusher, I don't think we're making any moves there. I mean, th- there's obviously questions of where guys are at, but not not in terms of like, do we need to do something serious? And wide receiver is one of those, you know? Maybe Samores just doesn't have anything. Maybe Malik thing was a fluke, and you can't rely on him. Maybe Wicks really just is not coming around. May, you know, maybe Dobbs in the regular season he's he's a flash in the pan. Like you get four or five really good games out of him, and that's it. And Watson, he's solid six seven games, but is hurt three game. You know what I mean? Like we, I don't know. I don't have a profile on any of these guys, so I don't know. And that's that's what Sunday is partially going to tell us, right? We'll, we'll get a little bit of a picture. But but even then, unfortunately, probably not. Again, think back to the Lions and Chiefs game. What did we learn? I learned zero things. Because honestly, I watched the Lions game and I thought the Lions are not that impressive. I know a bunch of people disagree. I couldn't care less. I, I really don't. They, they did not impress me in almost any way, shape, or form. Um, but I also know that they're better than that. This isn't just a bias that, well, I think they're trash. No, I think Goff is better than he played. Amon Ra looked great, and I know he's great. Jameer Gibbs looked good, but they didn't play him. But guess what? They're going to start using him more. Their offensive line looks solid, right? So Aiden Hutchinson looks good. But they're going to be better. They're going to do better. So as, as much as I'm looking at it going, we could beat that team. I mean, maybe, whatever, depending on what we are. I also know they're going to be better than that, especially in Detroit. Kansas City Chiefs, same thing. Like, what am I supposed to do? Say that that team sucks? No, they sucked in that game. They don't suck. Pat Mahomes played fine. They're, they're going to get Travis Kelsey back. Probably better be next week. They're going to work it out with Chris Jones. I'm guessing having lost this game. I mean, that's the thing. When you start losing games, and yes, I'm well aware that the defense wasn't the problem. That's I never made the case that the defense was the problem. I made a case that you lost that game because you didn't play him because he obviously makes a one-point difference. Um, I, the, the point is they're going to come back. So, so I didn't learn anything. If I look at the Chiefs, what they did to win a Super Bowl, and what they did in that game and say, okay, which one is real? I'm going to Super Bowl. And the Lions are closer to what, in my estimation, the Lions are going to be closer to what they were down the stretch when they beat the crap out of everybody than what I saw in this game, which is... By my estimation, not very impressive. So what did I learn about those teams? Almost nothing. Even Jameer, like, he looks so good. Yeah, well, he didn't play very much, and he might suck next week, and he might suck for the rest of his career. I have no idea. I didn't learn a freaking thing. But hopefully we get at least a couple glimpses, you know what I mean? Give me a little something so that I can start to answer some of these questions of do you think you can get there? And hopefully it's a positive (laughs) answer to these questions.
0: Hey Ryan, it's cold from Illinois. Hey. Uh, I had called in the season last year, but, uh, you know, off-season Hello. I am now at, uh, an orthopedic clinic, central Illinois, and, uh, I work with some of the doctors there, working on applying to medical school, so that's my life update, but that's not why I called. I called because Sunday is one of The best days of the year for me. Ew. I live in Illinois, and of course that means that I'm surrounded constantly by Bears fans. Yep. Now I will say that the people I've spoken to in this orthopedic clinic who are Bears fans are a lot more reasonable than the college students I used to be around. The people on Twitter that you see—they know Justin Fields is bad, (laughs) but they also know that the Packers' run defense is not amazing. And Khalil Herbert is not terrible. Justin Fields can run, although I do expect he won't have as many rushing yards this year. We'll have to see what happens. But, so, they're making a case that it's not impossible for the Bears to, you know, kind of push our defense into the ground with the running game. But I don't think they can sustainably hold that, not with some of the flashes we've seen in the preseason. But, you know, and at least they're not putting disrespect on Jordan Love's name anymore. They see that he has a little bit of flash in the preseason. They're not discounting him as this third-rate guy who.
3: Hello. Be okay. There we go.
0: And, you know, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. I'm really excited to see uh, how the edge looks with the rotation. I want to see Lucas Van Ness get in there and light up some tackles. And, uh, yeah, be sure to call you after the game and let you know my thoughts. But,
3: you know, go Pack Go, and the Bears still suck. Appreciate the call, Colt. Uh, I apologize for the volume. The program that I've been using now for a couple months to make the volume longer has decided to just be a piece of crap and I've been trying to get this thing to work for a while, and I realize I I have two decisions. I can scrap it and just go back to the old school, nobody can hear the calls, or we can just not have a Packer net After Dark. And I strongly considered that, but we have 25 calls, and every single one that I don't get before the Packer game is going to end up getting deleted. Because when the Packer game's over, we're not going backwards. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I have noticed that if you really get outside and interact with Bears fans, even Bears podcasters, a lot of them are much more reasonable. Um, Bears media, Bears social media is is kind of ridiculous. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them. But yeah, I mean, look, first of all, it's got to be a little bit depressing to feel like the, your only chance at winning a football game is to run the ball because you know that that just means you suck at football and you're not going to get very far. Like you you might be able to win. Maybe you can beat the Packers doing that. Maybe you can beat the Falcons doing that. Maybe you can beat, you know, a handful of teams. You can probably beat 14, 15 teams doing that. But what's that going to get you? 9 wins hoping to get into the playoffs for what? So you can get embarrassed. But I'll say this. I I, I and I just got done mentioning this talking to uh JJ and Jake on PackerNet derailed. Um I, I think it really has to come down to the trenches the Packers dominate on paper in the trenches run defense is the one area where that is is iffy right the the Packers offensive line is all about or the the Bears offensive line is all about run blocking and the Packers defensive line ain't about run blocking but you know if we can dominate with our offensive line and if we can dominate at least as far as pass rush and that's only going to leave them with run blocking I have to assume we won that game Anyways, why don't we take our first quick break right here. We'll come back, see what Nico's all about. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
2: I decided I'd tell you my, my best little Bears story. So it was the, uh, it was the win where I think Rodgers and Cobb had just come back to play the last game. And I believe if we were to beat them, it would knock the Bears out of the playoffs, something like that. Um, it was the game where, you know, we won in the last play. So anyways, I was at work that day. I decided to take a three and a half hour break. So went down to the local sports pub and, uh, I got there right when the game started, so it was packed. So I was surprised I found a place to sit, and coincidentally, the place I found to sit was right in between two Bears fans up on the bar. Uh And when I say Bears fans, I mean seasoned Bears fans. They had, like, old jerseys that were tatted. I'm sure they had those jerseys from, like, I don't know, the mid-1980s. You know, they were committed, literally.
3: Sure. So
2: uh, I sat down. Now, I had a under under my work shirt I had a packing shirt, so clearly I took my work shirt off when I got went to the place. And so here I am this bear this package fan asking these two bears guys if I could sit between them and they were like, Sure, no problem and then so I'm sure you remember that game. It was a hard game. It was cold. Rodgers Rogers wasn't playing good, the team wasn't playing good. They were beating the crap out of us physically. It was a hard hitting game. It's just every uh, it's just so cold nasty looking. And the whole time, the whole time, those guys were just railing on me. You guys have beat us long enough. It's time to turn the tide. Yeah, the the Bears are gonna be the new kings of the north. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Say what you want. I was being, you know, they were they were ripping me, and I was, but I can handle the heat, so I stay in the kitchen, dog. So uh, I was needling them back too, right? So, as you remember, they were they were gonna win the game, and we had a last ditch effort. And on that play, that famous play where Rogers rolls out and Pepper almost sacks him, I think it was Coon, you know, uh, blocks him. Yep. He rolls to his left, and there's Cobb wide open. Right when they lined up, I actually pointed. I go, oh, Cobb, no, no back help. I don't remember that? I don't think there's anybody back. Um, and they were just like, it doesn't matter. The Bears defense rolls. Yeah, all that stuff, you know, sacking and rot. Uh, and so when that play happened, Rogers rolls out, and just floats it. Takabi, it was not really a good pass, right? He had to slow down, but he just glided in the end zone. Of course, the the bar just erupted because it was 80% Packers fans. And they were just frozen, like they didn't move. And I just put my hands on their shoulders, and I said, hey, like I said, fellas, the game ain't over till the fat lady sings. Right now, that fat lady's got a Bears jersey out, so you guys have a great day now. They didn't say nothing.
3: That definitely was one of the all-time great memories, and and that is one of the great things about – this aaron Rodgers era is moments like that there was there was a lot of those there really were um things didn't always end the way that we wanted them to And and i'll be honest i i um i was not handling the games well anymore in terms of like the whole cardiac pack thing i know that was the nickname in the 80s but it really was just feeling like games were way closer than they should have been you know either we would dominate in the beginning and then somehow start letting them back in it was the dom capers ben don't break slash give up in the second half if we're winning strategy and then the offense just suddenly is like well I, I don't know man i took my foot off the gas thought we were good defense you know we were winning by 20 figured we didn't have to do anything and then the offense just completely gives up and then last minute final drive miracle you know i mean it's it's super exciting but just also really Oh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go back and change it because those are those are some of the fun, miraculous memories that make football as special as it is. But going forward, if we could just just either win or lose, you know what I mean? Like either you're you're better or you're worse. That'd be kind of cool. I'd be fine with that. But that's not usually how football works. I guess we'll see. Maybe Sunday will be another another kind of miraculous. Day of of some sort. You no, know, you never know. We always just assume it's going to be this cluster of two like mid teams smashing into each other. One of them coming out barely on top. Maybe something crazy is going to happen. This this could be the day we remember for the next ten years.
2: Had to had to call back. Yeah, they didn't say a thing. They just sat there uh, sat there staring staring at the at the at the TV. Just they didn't they didn't acknowledge that I said anything. They didn't say a thing. So like I said, I told them, have a good day, guys. And, uh, I gave them a minute to eat some crow. They just frozen, just, they were just frozen till, so I left. And I thought that was just, uh, that was a funny story. Uh, it was one of my favorite bear times. Uh, and then I heard today, Devontae Adams apparently is making some noise, but like, oh, i go, I'd go rejoin the Packers. I tell you what. Now, something might have happened by the time this plays. But, uh, I know the Jeff's got some cab space. I would not doubt it. If, uh, he's texting Rogers going, get me the heck out of Vegas. This, this organization is worse than affairs. So who knows? Who knows? And if Devontae goes there, well gosh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about Jeff. They could, they could stink. But uh, I know without off of offensive line, he ain't throwing it to anyone. But we'll see. So I, uh, Go Pack Go. I, I like like you. I wish I could be put in a catatonic state and woken up. Be Sunday great. Morning, you know, about 10 o'clock. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Monday when I walked out of my house, there was like this crisp fall feeling in the air. Yeah, like, man. I freaking died. I was spazzled at work, yelling at my guys, berating them. Just <laughs> being just I, I can't even put sentences together right now. Uh, because when you get that crisp, that crisp fall air that one morning, uh, you know it's football season. Yeah. And college season just started, so oh, the anticipation level is skyrocketing right now for all NFL fans, especially us, because you know we're used to winning. But right? hey, uh, go Peko! Uh, I think I already called the Bears game like 28 to 14 or something like that. that, yeah, it could be worse. I'll, I'll say this: I believe that Wilson will have five carries in the fourth quarter, and you know why. So. Uh, go back, go and uh,
3: adiós, Fair enough. Um, yeah, I've, I've been slowly more and more buying into the Jets being a, a big deal. I had actually forgotten that I said that I didn't think that. I don't know if I ever said they wouldn't be good, but it was going to be a disaster with Rodgers behind this offensive line, and it still may be. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. That's that's a that's a pretty good football team over there with the Jets. I mean, Rodgers and Wilson alone is like, okay, that's Rodgers and Devontae. You know Lazard and Cobb are going to contribute. And then just the defense is f- f- just just stupid. But 65%, man, that's, that's what matters. And then assuming we get 65%, then the next most important thing that matters is please stop winning ever. That's next most important.
6: Hey, Ryan. Chuck Bob here. Howdy. At home, we're taking a long two-week break. It's 1 o'clock Sunday, and Fox Sports is ready for a kickoff. It's in the end zone, and Green Bay has the ball now on the 25 yard line. Rumor has hit the NFL that Green Bay has a new A play calling machine called the AR 12. It spits out the first play based on what Bears will play on defense. Mm -hmm. Love brings the team up to the line. However, unknown to Green Bay, the Bears have stolen the software now have the negative AR-15. Knowing the play, they switch defenses. Love, looking at the clock and realizing the Bears have the perfect defense, he calls a timeout and trots to the sideline. Coach decides to hit the secret button that reverses AR-15 to the opposite call and sends in a new play that should baffle the negative AR-15. Love trots on the field and calls the new play comes up to the line with the team. Negative AR-15 doesn't know what to do. So suddenly the Bears call their first timeout. Meanwhile, Fox Sports is bragging about their new AI forecaster, the FS, September 10th. It anticipates the Packers are using AR-15, the Bears' negative AR-15, and predicts both the offensive and defensive play. They make the call, and a Bears assistant picks it up. The Bears send in the FS September 10th recommendation. The Bears switch defenses. Love seeing the new defense calls timeout. He drops over to coach and now brings up Green Bay's newest AI weapon, the Brett Favre Four. As the new AI version, it anticipates AR 15 negative AR 15. The FS September 10th and calls a new offensive play. The
2: computer
6: power is so great that the stadium lights flicker. Love trots out and calls the play and negative AR-15 sees a formation and sends in an update. The Bears don't know what to do as the computer updates, so they call timeout and bring in their best weapon, the BB-8. The Bill Belichick 8 for his eight Super Bowl wins. The BB-8 calls the defense, and says an end. After all this, the lights in Green Bay and Chicago go out. Love sees what's happening and calls a timeout. Go to the next two.
3: Okay, we'll go to the next one.
6: Hey, Ryan. Truck about back here again. Love sees what is happening, and Green Bay uses its final timeout. Time for the ultimate AI ever created, the Art Star 15.
3: This reminds me of when I was in kindergarten, and the, you'd have like story time, and you'd sit around with you know Indian style or whatever you're supposed to call it now, and um, everybody would sit, and you have to be quiet, and you sit on your blanket or whatever. I don't know. We we just sat on the floor, and you listen to the teacher read you a story, like right before nap time. I feel like Trucker Bob is is my kindergarten teacher.
6: B 15 anticipates all that AR12 negative AR12 SF September 10th and BB12.
3: I was always amazed when I was little that they would like turn the page while they're still reading. You know, it, it, it always blew. Like, how how do you know what to read? You're, you're turning the page right now. I just I thought I found that very impressive that teachers could do that.
6: BB8 will predict and calls the ultimate offensive play.
3: For the record, I can do that now, isn't it? I'm just saying, when I was when I was five, I found it impressive, okay?
6: Using all this power causes the lights to go out in Wisconsin and Illinois. <laughs> the Bears thing used their final timeout and turn out their most powerful AI.
3: If this story doesn't end in nuclear war, I'm going to be pissed.
6: They've ever produced the Dick Butkus 51.
3: The defense is
6: called the AR-12 the negative AR-12, BF-4, the BS-15, September 10, the FS September 10th, the BS-15, the BB-12, and the DB-51 are all run at the same time. The plays are set. There are no more timeouts. Both teams have run their plays. The computers crashed the entire NFL network. Mm-hmm. No games can be seen. Pack Daddy, in his fury and anger, throws his just-finished grilled steak up against the wall. In anger, he goes to his office and starts his battery backup, and his new AI machine is called the RS-1. He turns it on and asks the question, what is going on in the game since I can't watch it now? It replies, we are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Go
3: pack, go. It almost ended in nuclear war. I mean, I, I guess that's about as good as you could expect. We got the Borg coming in, bro. That's some hardcore Star Trek stuff. <sighs> well, I, I guess AI is is, is is it's a bad idea. Is that is that the the theme here? We shouldn't we shouldn't have robots helping us call plays because then the Borg will kill us and we're gonna crash our, you know electrical grids <laughs> hey yeah i don't i don't know bs-15 sounds pretty legit though i'll tell you that let's take our second break real quick we'll come back and see what craig's wanting to talk about
7: hey ryan it's craig from indiana what's up um i ordered my old southern barbecue yes. legendary gift box uh, and i'm anxiously awaiting its arrival so that uh comes with the the four barbecue sauces and the four rubs and, uh, and a t-shirt. Yep. Um, so excited about that. Also was able to use a uh, promo code, uh, Packernet15, uh, uh, to receive a little discount. So that was cool. Um,
3: By the way, please uh, please feel free to call in. Let me know if you did. And especially after you get it and you try it, let me know your favorite rub and or your favorite barbecue sauce that you tried. Um, mine has not arrived yet, but I, I'm going to be, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should pick a, I, I'll, will do it. I'll pick a favorite. <laughs> I can't remember which one was my favorite. I think it was, a, I was torn between two, but I want to get it here and do an official taste test and see, but Craig, I'd love to know, uh, once you get it, your thoughts.
7: So thank you for sharing that sponsorship. And again, anxious to try all that stuff when it gets here. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about was, um, As uh, Rodgers was leaving and, and, uh, um, you know, Jordan moving up and, uh, uh, you know, pretty happy with the draft class, I was, you know, a few months ago tempered my expectations of what the Packers would do this year. I I resolved myself to, uh, you know, maybe 500 win, 500 season, and uh, that should be okay, Um, which I actually was kind of looking forward to because I get pretty emotional during the game. I get pretty upset when we're losing or we blow it. And I thought this year I won't get upset because I don't expect much. It's going to be okay. Um, but now I'm starting to feel myself build up to higher expectations again because I think we have so much talent Um and uh, I like the coaching staff for the most part. Um, so, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can help talk me down a little bit of not getting so invested in each of the games because of, I already have, feel that it's building up for this bear game. I'll be yeah. so bummed if we get beat in that game um but uh as uh Andy Herman was just saying on his uh packaday podcast, if I'm saying we're gonna lose seven or eight games, then I should be prepared to uh you know kind of expect that. but I know every game I go in hoping we don't blow it or we win it so uh I don't know if others are having that feeling too that it that the expectations are starting to rise a little bit. So um, that's all I had. Go back Go. See ya.
3: Yeah, week one's always a little different, you know, especially with a situation now. Like I said before, with if this was Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the, and the whole crew, and we lose this game, it just sucks because it sucks. But you you know you're going to bounce back. If we lose this game, you you can't help but wonder, like, are things really this bad? Like we could bounce back and just dominate, but what if we don't? What if this is it? What if this is as good as it gets? What if the offensive line isn't as good as we thought? What if the pass rush isn't as good as we thought? What if Jair's in this defense is just terrible? You know, last year was was good compared to this year. I mean, in the the special teams takes a step back and you go from being this great special teams unit last year to just being this terrible. Who knows? So that's going to be tough. Um I think that's a a, a fair perspective to say. I mean, we we do need to anticipate losses. They're going to happen, and that sucks. It's kind of similar to what I've said before about, you know, one of the things that helps me calm down in a game is you do a score prediction and say, I think the the Packers are going to win 28-24, and the team we're playing goes down and scores a touchdown, and I throw an absolute fit like you freaking bum, loser, idiot, defensive garbage, Joe Barry moron. It's like, bro, did you not think they'd get seven? You know? Like, you predicted 24 points. Okay? So they're going to score every quarter to get there. I mean, And sometimes it's not even, you know, it might not even be until the second quarter and they score. It's like, God, this is, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Now we're going to, you know, you just, I don't know. You got to understand they're going to score. You got to understand the Packers are going to lose. But again, week one is going to be tough because you can't help even though I, I promise you, if we lose, I'm gonna I'm going to come back on here and say we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. We didn't learn anything from the Lions. We didn't learn anything from the Chiefs. Not nothing from that Week One game. In my opinion, really taught us anything in terms of you know similar to preseason. You just you don't put too much stock in it as though you know that this is how the rest of the season is going to go because you don't. But you can't help it because again we have nothing else to go on. Right, just like with preseason, like I don't want to put too much stock in preseason, but what else do I have? That's all I got. So it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. But you know, look, we we can lose. According to Vegas, we're going to lose the game. It's going to be a close call. But they're edging. They're they're leaning toward the Chicago Bears winning the game. We're the ones that aren't supposed to win. So I and and you know we lost Christian Watson for at least this week. So I don't know. I I, I think. The best thing that we can do is is try our best to enjoy the game, finally getting to see Jordan as the the actual starting quarterback of this team, not interim starting quarterback last minute because of COVID quarterback or coming in the fourth quarter in a blowout against the Eagles. We get to see this, this young group that we're excited about. We get to see Brooks and Wooden and Lucas Van Ness and see if Wyatt took a step and See if Joe Barry improved, and see Jair and the whole crew. We get to see it all. It's going to be great. Try to enjoy it, but at the same time, try to keep that big picture view. What what's our win loss record for this season? What's our goal for this season? What's our goal for next year? What are we shooting for? What are we aiming for? What 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 kind of trajectory are we looking for? You know, Jaden Reed. We can't come into this game saying I want to see peak Jaden Reed. No, it's what is the end game? What do we want to see Jaden Reed look like at his peak? over there, and then track that path path backwards, what do we need to start to see from Jaden Reed? Okay, th- this is this is where we want him to be way over there. Where do we want to see him today, and how do we want to see that progress, right? So, okay, so this is where he is week one. What do we want to see week two, week three, etc. It's hard to keep a big long-term picture view, even though I enjoy that stuff, because it's so, well, we, we very rarely get football, first of all, and when you do, you'd like to enjoy it. But, you know, I don't know. Let's just enjoy the game, then we'll come back and assess where we're at. That's all we can do. We should win the game, but if we don't, then we'll figure out why we didn't and what needs to change. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe, you know, guys that we know we can count on didn't pull through. Rashawn Gary had a bad day. Well, we know that's not going to happen. Bakhtiari and Rashawn and Jair all, you know, had terrible days. Well, okay, that was a fluke. Sucks, but it'll get fixed. You know, Equinymious goes off for the Bears. Well, okay. That was a fluke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have I don't have a whole lot of answers about anything anymore. I don't know how to comfort you because I can't comfort myself. <laughs> it just is what it is. And um look, we're gonna we're gonna get to see some stuff. And and on the flip side of the Bears are going to score points is the fact that the Packers are going to score points. Fingers crossed. I, I swear if it's a shutout, I'm gonna lose my mind. But we're gonna see it. We're gonna see a a Real live NFL scoring touchdown by the Green Bay Packers in twenty twenty three. Hopefully, several, and that's going to be pretty awesome.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett, I just wanted to read a quote to you that I feel like um, will best summarize. All right,
3: more story time.
1: How this Packer team will move forward? Okay, it goes like this: Hard times create strong men. Oh yeah, sure. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. It's basically sums up this cyclical fair pattern that I think even for like NFL you can look at how the Packers have had a really, really long stretch of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and yet they still experience down seasons where I think the team just – the guys somewhat just kind of get a little lazy or a little bit, uh, you know, unmotivated. And I think this season is a season of strong men rising up because of how last season went and how they do not want to experience that again. And they've worked hard, um, quoting what Kenny Clark had said, this has been the hardest practice offseason that they've ever had. So I think this team is prepared, and I think uh, it is prepared for a great season. I think that they will have a great season. Go Pack, go.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a uh, pretty well-known quote, obviously. Whoever came up with that, I don't know. But I do think it applies, as I was sitting here thinking about it, uh, NFL-wide. You know, I've always talked about the little anecdote that I had heard is, you know, you, you get the uh, the nice coach who comes in, and he brings in the ping-pong tables and the the, the, uh, the billiard tables and everything else, and everybody loves him, and they fight for him, and they, they bleed for him and everything else. And then what happens? Things get a little bit too lax. Things get a little bit too soft. And so then they gotta fire that coach, they bring in another coach, and what coach do they have? They got the, the skullcracker who comes in, first thing he does is he gets rid of the ping pong tables. And then, you know, the people start respecting that and they they, they wanted the direction and they wanted the leader. I, I think that's I think that a lot of that has to do with what exactly what you're saying. When things are going well, things are going great, you get you you have your superstars, what what is one thing we know about them? They're not gonna respond to these skullcracking coaches nobody's going to scream in Aaron Rodgers face that's not going to happen so you end up looking for the guys that are going to cooperate right and I think part of the issue with that is it it sets an entire environment whereas a lot of people probably need to be pushed harder but we don't do that because we need to get the guys in that can cooperate with the superstars it's not just Rodgers, it's Devontae, it's Bakhtiari, it's everybody else. It's, it's. listen, I know how to do my job. I don't need you yelling at me. I don't need you telling me anything. Like, you're gonna you're going to treat me like a grown man or we're going to have a problem kind of thing. But the vast majority of the team is not superstars. And so you treat everybody with kid gloves because that's the environment. And what happens when those guys leave, now it's time to start pushing. Now it's time to start punching. At least, hopefully, that's the idea. But yeah, you got the good times, create a soft environment. Which inevitably inevitably leads to the hard times, which is losing. And I don't know if we've been through enough hard times. I mean, we could hope that 2022 was a hard time, although I, I think for most people to hear a Packer fan say 2022 was a hard time when we were uh, a, a game away from the playoffs after decades of domination. <laughs> Maybe there's more hard times needed. I don't know. But yeah, there does need to be sort of a revival and an awakening somebody you need to go through that adversity because it's it's just been too easy for too long and again you can have guys like Rodgers and Devontae and Bakhtiari and that crew that can coast and be like listen I don't need this I don't need the offseason stuff I don't need all this the OTAs and everything I'm I'm good but you build an entire team with that identity and that environment the vast majority of the guys they do need that stuff they do need the hard coaching they do need to be pushed and I don't know if Matt LaFleur is a hard coaching guy or if he ever will be but you can still create that kind of an environment, you know, push the training camp, the, the practices to the limit. They, they limit you two hours, you practice two hours. You know, starters will play. Doesn't just have to be screaming in people's faces. It's just, it's just a mentality of we're here to work. That's what we're going to do. When you're sleeping, we're working. We'll see. I don't know. The Packers have had this soft label for a very, very long time they really have and i'm 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 very tired of it i'm sure the packers are tired of it you know and it's frustrating because we've we've got these guys coming up from major programs that that the the idea of a georgia defensive player being labeled soft is is laughable but yet you come to green bay and it's like that's what you are now so you can prove otherwise and they haven't been able to shake that there needs to be that i mean at, at the end of the day it's still football and this team needs to toughen up because it's always been adversity that's that's made it shake. You know, It's we've got this elite talent that can beat you. Yeah, until adversity hits. Then you're done. Then you're cooked. You cannot rise to that adversity, and that's always been a problem. It's just a a team-wide, and it's not just Matt LaFleur. It's gone back into McCarthy. When things go south, everything falls apart. We need guys like A.J. Dillon that will just smash you in the mouth in the fourth quarter, you know? I think they're doing a decent job of trying to build that. You look at the, the edge rush rotation. Why? Because we're not going to stop. We're going to beat you over and over and over and over. We have put countless resources into that defensive line because we want to dominate up front. Offensive line, defensive line, man. That's what the Eagles do. I still think that's how you win in the NFL. Give your quarterback time. Give your running back space. Take away the quarterback's time. Take away the running back space. I mean, it's, it's hard to win football games if you've got teams doing that to you. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's been it's been one way for such a long time. I just I at this point expect nothing different.
8: Ryan, it's uh, Aaron from Eau Claire. What I up? Just, uh, find myself listening to your podcast about um, Kenny Clark's comments with regards to uh, their preseason routine and all that kind of stuff, um, and how it's been a little bit different this year, a little bit more of an onus put on them risking the preseason injuries by pushing them harder at the beginning and stuff like that. Um, I think that's really interesting. And and one thing that I um, like about it is that it kind of tells you something about Matt LaFleur as a coach, that he's not just kind of rinsing and repeating the same thing every year and phoning it in to some degree, but that they're kind of actively – Tweaking things to make sure that there's um, there's some adjustments going on, and you know the whole week one coming out flat. Um, you know, maybe maybe just saying we learned something from that. We have to uh, you know get these these players ready in the preseason so that week one <coughs> isn't just a, a glorified preseason game that actually you know counts as a loss, um, which I think is is really great. And, yeah, of course, you know, the youth of the team helps with that. But I just think about certain things like uh, when it comes to risking injuries, um, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm of the opinion that one way or the other, um, <laughs> injuries are, are more or less um, unpredictable and not not random, but as far as, like, the predictability of them, I would say, you know, fairly random. Um, So even if you didn't play your players all preseason and you, you know, saved them for the regular season, they could get injured week one, and then arguably you're even in a worse position because you didn't have any time to adjust or plan for it before the season started. So... I just really appreciate what it says about Matt LaFleur's um style as a coach just the fact that um you're not getting complacency and I don't know I, I really think Matt LaFleur tends to be overlooked and underrated maybe it's because his personality is um you know it's it's a I'm not going to say a mild personality but it it's a little more of a straight ahead kind of uh low key personality compared to some coaches that are maybe a little bit more intense or fiery or entertaining, but um, I, I don't think that matters as much as people think it matters. I think it's more the preparation that people put in and the way that they structure things and the way they keep their players accountable. Um, yeah, go Pack Go!
3: Yeah, well that ties in pretty well to the last call. I mean, it's it's a change of, or seemingly a change of philosophy, at least insofar as change of, of the way that we're going to do things, we're going to start coaching a little bit harder taking more risk, which I, I am on the side of now. I think in the past it was more a matter of, I don't remember, but I, I think the general thought process was, if you don't prepare in the preseason, you risk a game. If you over-prepare in the preseason, you risk a season. And there's probably some truth to that, but I, again, at the same time, I tend to look at it as, you know, are we going to man up and play football or not? It's It's, it's a culture thing. That's what it is. And um, we have to start building a culture of people that are not scared, that are not afraid to work, that don't see this as a hobby. This is what we do. And, and you know, you can cancel practice if you want to, but I'm going to go practice on my own because this is what I do. This is my profession. This is my craft. This is my life. That's for Sean Gary. Oh, you want to cut it short? Cool. I got some stuff to do. Got a meeting with a trainer. I can get there early. But again, it, it, it doesn't mean anything right now. We, we got to see it on the field. This is all in theory and on paper. Got to put it on the field. Anyways, I got to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your uh, night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.